Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Let's open our Bibles to the 100th Psalm, Psalm number 100. If you would join me there tonight, one of, a, one of the few, uh, one of the many, rather, memorable Psalms in the Word of God. Uh, Psalm number 100, and this song actually, this psalm is used even for some of our song service uh, uh, songs that we use in our church. And I'm praying that God will speak to our hearts once again on this, uh, this Thanksgiving Eve as we come together in the house of the living God. Tonight, I want to I speak to you for a few moments about the presence of God. And when I say the presence of God, I'm not speaking about the presence with a T, not the things that He wants to bless you with, but I'm talking about the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Public spelling is dangerous. But the presence of God, when we can feel His presence and know that He is near. How many have felt the presence of God in your life? How many have known what it feels like to experience God's presence? Maybe in a church service, uh, but it doesn't have to be. You can experience God's presence uh, simply by turning on some worship music and uh, lifting up your hands and letting your heart uh, be filled with, uh, with uh, gratitude and purpose tonight. I want to tell you that the presence of God is precious This is what we are striving for. Our whole lives are pointed toward the day that we could eternally be in His presence, right? That is the definition of heaven. Heaven is not floating from one cloud to another with angelic bodies. You are not an angel. God created you different from angels. God created you as a human being And we often get a false idea of what heaven is, some disembodied uh, experience where, uh, where we're just floating around and like ghosts from one cloud to another. Listen, that's not heaven. That's some cartoonist version of heaven. The true definition of what Jesus saved you for is to be in His presence, right? This is what was broken In the garden, in the garden when they walked in innocence before the fall, they experienced the presence of God every day. In the cool of the day, the Bible says that God would come down and talk to them and fellowship with them and hang out with them. And it was awesome for them to be in the presence of God. We know that sin messed that up pretty bad, didn't it? The moment that they sinned, they entered into a new arena of life where they were hiding from God. 
They were guilty and trying to cover themselves up. And God had to, uh, had to punish them by putting them out of the garden. And ultimately, by uh, sin, sin is what caused man to begin the process of death. We are still suffering as a result of those disobedience and, and that sin from the garden. We live our lives by and large uh, without understanding or experiencing God's presence. We get little glimpses. Maybe you can remember as a new convert, when you got saved, when you understood the gospel for the first time, you prayed a prayer of repentance. And how many experienced what I did? When you got saved, it felt as though a weight or a burden had been lifted off of you. Your sin that had been weighing you down and separating you from a holy God. And all of a sudden, it was like, I can sense you, God. I know that you're here. How many of you have, have been reading the Bible and you read a scripture that is perfect for your situation, perfect for your life? God speaks to you a rima, a word from heaven. And you say, God, I know that you are real. I know that you are here. The presence of God. I'm going to tell you something tonight. One moment in the presence of God can do more than a hundred church services. One moment in the presence of God can change your mind, can change your heart, can change your future, your family, your destiny. So tonight we must strive to be in God's presence. This ought to be at the top of your list in life. God, I want to experience your presence because when we are in His presence, we are changed. We are, when we are in His presence, we are living on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's what Jesus ta taught us to pray. Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what's it like in heaven? In heaven, we are eternally in the presence of God. We want our lives to reflect the life of heaven on earth. And so I want to speak to you about how to get into God's presence, how to be in God's presence tonight, because I can guarantee you one moment in the presence of God can do more than a thousand of my sermons, can do more than 10,000 church services, can do more than a than hundred thousand podcasts. One moment in God's presence is what we need. We see this even at work in our world today. There are VIPs, there are people who are surrounded by security. For example, uh, the, the President of the United States is surrounded by security. How many know that? The, there is a whole branch of, uh, of uh, internal security called the Secret Service. And one of the things they do is that they ensure that the President of the United States is safe. And you are not going to just walk in to the presence of the President, right? You're not just going to walk up in there. You've been to D.C. probably. You know that there is a perimeter. That around the White House, there is a gate. There are armed guards. 
And you're not just going to walk up in there, are you? You have to be cleared. You're going to have to have security. They're going to have to do a background check. Take your fingerprints. They're going to have to, uh, they're going to, have to look at you, talk to you, interview you, make sure you're there on official. You're not just going to hop over the fence and run in. You know what happens if you do that? You're going to get shot. But if you'll go through the process, you'll fill out the paperwork, you make the right requests, who knows, maybe you can be in the presence of some VIP like the president, right? I want to tell you, we are talking about the VIP. We're talking about the presence of God. And so many people take His presence for granted, just like we're going to walk up in the church, and yeah, God owes us His presence. No, no. God is not present with everyone, is He? God is not present equally in all places. We know that there is an aspect of God's character that He is omnipresent, right? That this is what defines the nature of God, is that He is everywhere at the same time. But we also understand that God gives us special revelation of Himself to key people at key moments. And the question tonight is, how can we experience God's presence? The scripture we're going to read tonight is the answer to that question, and it has very much to do with this holiday that we are celebrating tomorrow. This is the key. This is the secret. This is the way to be in the presence of God. Let's read this together. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. Simple verse and yet so profound. Read together with me tonight. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Let's pray. Lord, we come once again by the blood of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you, Lord, for the opportunity to read your word, to study, and to gain insight, wisdom, revelation. I'm praying, God, we would experience your blessing, your favor, and your presence even right now as we turn our hearts to gratitude once again. And we thank you for the work that you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So tonight, how to be in God's presence. Number one, the presence of God is precious. It is precious. And when I say that word, that word has been twisted a little bit because of the Lord of the Rings. My precious, right? And we we don't get what we should out of that word precious. When I say that it is precious, it means that it is worthy of great value. Precious like diamonds, like rubies. Precious like the most expensive thing that you have in your house, right? The, the, the vehicle that sits in your driveway, maybe to you, it might, uh, to others it might not look all that great, but to you a good working car is something highly valued in life, right? It is precious. It is something that we strive for, that we want to have, and when we don't have it, man, oh, life gets difficult, right? It is precious. I want to tell you something, that the, pres- the presence of God is precious. It is of high value. 
it is something that we ought to uh, we ought to place a high value upon in our lives. As I mentioned in Genesis three, verse eight, here's Adam and his wife, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Listen, you and I, we don't get to do that, do we? Not in the same way. That Adam and Eve were able to experience God's presence in a very special, personal, and intimate way that they were able to speak to God and to gain insight, wisdom, revelation. No wonder they were so brilliant, right? No wonder Adam could name all the animals and had great knowledge. Well, it's because he had a relationship with God. He had, a, he had a, an unending source of truth and wisdom. There was no question that God would not answer, right? That God, uh, He was an open book for Adam because of His presence. What I'm telling you tonight is that the presence of God is precious. Tonight, how foolish we are to think that we can generate anything that is even close to the presence of God. See, the problem is, the problem with us is that we have fallen from God's presence. As I've been explaining in our, uh, in our Bible studies on Friday night, the, the way that God made man is that God was facing Adam and Adam was facing God and there was relationship and it was wonderful. Uh, but in sin, Adam turned his face away from God, right? And as a result, he became stained by sin and death. And God does not have anything to do with sin or death. That he is holy, so God had to turn his face away from Adam, right? That is the natural state. That we are enemies of God, that the natural man has no experience of God's presence. The Holy Spirit doesn't live in things who are not holy. And so the natural man does not understand what we talk about when we speak about the presence of God. And yet, the gospel gives us hope tonight. The gospel is what gives us hope that, that God would turn his face back towards sinful man, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten world. God loved the world even while our faces were turned away from him. While we were yet sinners, in Romans it said, while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for the ungodly. And the Bible says that if we would turn our face, if we would repent of our sins and turn back to God, that that relationship can be reconciled. But see, that is something that we must highly value. We must treat it as something precious. Listen to Second Chronicles chapter 7, where it describes in the Old Testament a moment where Solomon experienced God's presence in a powerful way. It says, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. 
Do you see that this is not something that happens every day? This is not something that, that, that God would do every hour on the hour so that we could, uh, we could lose respect for it. No, this was a special moment because of special circumstances. The temple had been built. The sacrifices had been made. And God says, my presence. You're going to experience my presence. How is it tonight that we can experience God's presence. Our scripture gives us the clue, gives us the key tonight. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Did you know that there are gates to the presence of God? There are doors that must be opened. There are entryways. Jesus, when he came on the scene and began to preach his message, he even likened himself he said i am the door and if any man wants to come in to the kingdom he must enter through me in other words heaven has borders heaven has gates heaven has walls heaven has a security system installed you're not just going to waltz up in there without any background check God is checking you out first, right? And the Bible is very clear that if we are all going to experience a background check, we're all going to fail. Nobody gets into the presence of God as you are. You must be changed. You must be transformed. Your sin must be redeemed so that you can be in God's presence. And one of the ways that it shows tonight that your life has been changed. One of the ways that you can gain access and gain entry into the presence of God is through this word, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Tonight, it is gratitude which will usher you into God's presence. Aren't you glad for a good usher tonight? A good usher is one who will smile at you. Welcome to the potter's house. So glad that you're here. Firm handshake and then sanitizer. We're so glad to have you tonight. Let me show you to your seat, my friend. We're so glad that you're here. Right? That's what a good usher will do. We'll open the door. We'll make you feel welcome. What is it tonight? that ushers us into the presence of God? Gratitude. Gratitude is what opens the door. Gratitude is what puts a smile on God's face. Gratitude tonight. And did I mention that gratitude is not dependent on what's happening in your life? Gratitude is an attitude. Gratitude is a point of of you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, very important scripture. Verse 16 through 18 says, always be joyful. How often should we be joyful? Oh, wait a minute. I thought it said every other day or every other week be joyful. No, it didn't say every other week. It didn't even say twice a month. It said always 
Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Tonight, it is God's will for you to have gratitude. That's why this holiday of thanksgiving is so precious to me and it ought to be precious to you because what this is about tonight is not just saying thank you for all the blessings in our life. What it really is about is being in God's presence. The grateful heart is welcomed in, ushered in through the gates of praise into the presence of God. And when you are in the presence of God, your life can be changed. That scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, it said, be thankful in all circumstances. Notice it didn't say be thankful for all circumstances. Obviously, there are some circumstances that we go through. Uh, Lord, thank you for my, uh, for my uh, flat tire today. Uh, You don't have to be thankful for the flat tire, but you can still be thankful in the circumstance. You can still experience an attitude of gratitude even when things aren't going your way. This is a statement of position, not of who you are, but where you are. Be thankful in every circumstance. The message translation says, Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Some of you are violating the word of God. Be cheerful no matter what. Yeah, right. Pastor, come on. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that commandment tonight? There are three commandments included there. Number one, always be joyful. Being joyful, again, it is not some pie in the sky, some uh, drug-induced, you know, happy juice that, uh, that, you know, you're just uh, going to ignore all your problems and pretend that they're not there and paint a smile on your face. Oh, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. When it says always be joyful, sometimes our joy is through tears. Sometimes our joy is through pain and grief and agony of soul. Yes, we go through things in life, but you don't have to lose your joy. It said never stop praying. This is speaking about relationship with God. Never stop praying. That doesn't mean that we're constantly on our knees 24-7 with hands folded and never doing anything else. That's not what that means. It means to always be in an attitude of prayer, connecting to God, being together with Him. And the third thing in that statement, again, is to be thankful in all circumstances. See, This is a matter of obedience. This is a matter tonight of, are you going to obey 
by being thankful? Or are you going to disobey by having ingratitude? By complaining? By having a sour attitude? So I want to take a few moments and explain a few things that we can always be thankful for. I can be thankful tonight that God is a good God. When's the last time you thanked Him that He was a good God? Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His love endures forever. Let me see your hand if God's been good to you. God hasn't forgotten your name. The government will forget about you. Even your doctor will forget about you. Even your spouse might forget about you. But God won't forget about you. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows everything that you need before you even ask. He is good. Hebrews 13, verse 8, we can be grateful. Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Aren't you glad? He doesn't change. We don't have to, uh, we don't have to wonder about what kind of God we're going to serve tomorrow. Is God going to get upset with me? Is God going to be angry or harsh toward me? No, He is the same. We know that there are consequences for our sins, but God is always good. James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God above who created all of heaven's lights. Unlike them, he, uh, he never changes. He never casts shifting shadows. We can be grateful tonight that God is good. We can be grateful tonight that God has expressed to us His unfailing love. Psalm 107 verse 8, let, him, let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love. 1 Corinthians 13.8, love never fails. How many know the love of men can fail? The love of the earth, the affection of human beings can fail us, but our God is unfailing tonight. We can be thankful that through the gospel, through the work of Christ on the cross, that God has promised us His presence. Psalm 145, 18, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. James 4, verse 8 says, Come close to God or draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Aren't you glad tonight? That when you get sincere and serious with God, and when you make up your mind, Lord, forgive, Forgive me, I've done wrong. I've broken your commandment. God, and God's not up in heaven going, la, 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 la. Can't hear you, you big jerk. No, God is not like that. You're like that, but God's not like that. He's merciful. He is near to the brokenhearted. He is close to the one who cries out to Him. No matter how many times we failed. Did you say thank you? That he didn't put his hand in your face, talk to the hand. He didn't do that. We can be thankful that he is near. We can be thankful that he's watching over us. 
He's watching us. He's keeping us safe. I'm, uh, one, one thing that's interesting to me about, uh, about heaven, you know, I, I, I wanna, when I get to heaven, I want to go back and I want to watch all of the uh, instant replays of all the times that I almost died and God stepped in and saved me. Or all the times that I didn't have no idea what was happening in the supernatural. And there was angels all about protecting and keeping. I want to I you know, see the instant replay with the spiritual goggles on. You know what I'm saying? How many times that we were, uh, we were on the precipice of, of, uh, of destruction and God reached down and rescued us. Did you thank God for the things, the dangers that you didn't even know were there? Listen to Psalm 118, verse 21. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. Can you, can you take a moment tonight to remember some of the prayers that God has answered in your life? Maybe some of the prayers that God refused to answer. Thank God that He doesn't answer every prayer. Thank God tonight that He hears our prayers. Oh, we can be thankful tonight for all of these blessings. One of the things that I want to encourage you to do is listening to, uh, to some people discuss gratitude on a podcast. And uh, one of the ways that we can, uh, we can encourage gratitude even around a Thanksgiving dinner table is, uh, is to practice a little saying that goes like this, rose, thorn, rose, bud. Okay, you ready for this? You can practice this. You can try it tomorrow. Rose, thorn, rose, and a bud. So what, what is it? What does that mean? A rose is something in your life that is such a blessing, something beautiful, something that you are grateful for. Everybody around the table first can describe a rose in their life, something that, that, has, uh, that has captured your attention, that's fragrant, that's lovely. Then maybe a thorn, something that, you know, uh, uh, maybe that, you're, you, that, that you've been hurt or there's a point of difficulty in your life. It's okay to express those points of difficulty. Rose and a thorn, they often come together. And then make sure you uh, repeat or uh, give another rose that's happened in your life. Rose, thorn, rose, and then a bud. You know what a bud is, right? The bud is something that you are excited for in the future. The, the rose that is not materialized yet. So, for example, I can tell you tonight, I, uh, I am thankful for, the, you know, for my friends and my family, uh, the thorns in my life. Yes, I know that there are some challenges that we have to get through. But you know what? I also understand God is good. He is present in my life, and I'm blessed. Be specific. Rose, a thorn, a rose, and then a bud, something you're excited for in the future. Be specific about those things. I would encourage you to do something similar to that around the Thanksgiving table tomorrow. We can be thankful for God's revelation, that God spoke to us, that God gave us His Word, that God gave us promises time and again, that that He has promised us eternal life. Hebrews 12, 28, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Listen, did you remember tonight that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place 
for you. That place is going to be sweet. That place that he is preparing, he said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. There are many places, many rooms for you. That sounds pretty good to me. I want to hang out at Jesus' mansion. You know what I'm saying? I want to be in his uh, swimming pool. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. I don't, I don't know about you, that, that's exciting to me, that your little peanut brain cannot come up with all of the amazing things that God is already preparing for you. There's that scripture in the book of Revelation where it says that that uh, in heaven, that there was silence for 30 minutes. You remember reading that? I think, I think that's going to be the first experience when you get into the presence of God and see all the things He started preparing for you. Your mouth is just going to be hanging open for 30 minutes, unable to speak or, or even move. Thankful. Thankful for the Son of God. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. What is His indescribable indescribable gift? Is the Son of God given His life for you so that you could have salvation. See, when when we have Thanksgiving dinner, it's not about football, not about turkey. All of those things are traditions, and they're fine. They have their place. Thanksgiving is about gratitude. It's not just about the pilgrims being thankful to the Indians. The pilgrims were grateful to God. This is a uniquely American and a uniquely American, uh, a, a uniquely Christian holiday. Because what this is, is a time for us to count our blessings to begin to review all of the things that God has done for us and that He is going to do, and so that we can enter into God's presence. I don't know about you. I'm thankful. I go through things. You go through things. We all have pressure in life. We all have difficulty. we got to pay bills, right? All of those things, they come with stress and anxiety. 2020 has presented so many challenges for us. But I think today, I think that tomorrow is a great opportunity. God, I want to get into your presence. See, the presence of God belongs to the gratitude, the grateful in heart. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That dinner table tomorrow is not just a place to stuff yourself till you can't see straight. It is an opportunity to remind yourself and your family and people that you love, remind them the presence of God belongs to the grateful heart, the thanksgiving. I want to ask you tonight, bow bow your head. Let's close our eyes on this uh, Thanksgiving Eve service. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. 
If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh,